start. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Crooner's Corner. I'm your co-host, Marley Williams. And I'm your other co-host, Charlie Williams. And we are here today with Arya Imig. Arya wears a lot of hats around the Portland music scene. Mm -hmm. He's the founder of Sound Judgment Records. Mm -hmm. He's a radio personality. He manages local bands. He is a friendly face at Everyday Music. And he is the lead singer of the Bob Dylan cover band, or tribute band. Maybe we'll get into that later. Uh Um, Bob Dylan's 115th Dream. So we're so excited to have Arya here today on Bob Dylan's 80th birthday. Yeah, it's crazy. He's old as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. It's great yeah. to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming over. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess to start, it'd be good to ask you just how you became so close with Dylan's music. I mean, I know it's a big question, but like maybe the first time it really hit you or yeah, definitely any of those things. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. It's funny, like you listen... To somebody's music's like so intently for like a, a pretty long stretch of time, but then you almost feel like you don't have to listen to them all the time anymore after a while because uh-huh. you heard it, totally. uh, yeah, and you know it so well. But I was listening to Dylan today for his birthday. You know, salute him when his birthday comes, mm-hmm. and it was like kind of nice. But it's also like reflective of all these things I associate with Dylan or have associated with Dylan. So I was thinking about Dylan today. Uh-huh. Yes. Seems like to answer that question, it's like, um, you know, I don't know when the first time I heard him was. Yeah. Because I was, it was like before memory, you know? Mm. I'm told that we played like the song Man Gave Names to All the Animals, like when I was really young. That's from his Born Again Slow Train Coming album. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah. She's probably more familiar with that stuff than I am, but go ahead. But yeah, that's a good children's song too, you know? Mm -hmm. But then really strong association was when I was 10 years old. I was living with my dad in Milwaukee. My mom was living in India with my sister uh, for about six months. Um, Mm -hmm. And my dad and I went to the Fred Meyer in Oak Grove, which is like in Milwaukee, and we got a copy of Blood on the Tracks on cassette. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, my dad, my dad's a huge Dylan fan. Like, he's the reason I'm a Dylan fan. Mm -hmm. It's a way to connect with my dad and and you know bond with my dad and stuff we've seen him together like three times at least Mm -hmm. and stuff but i got really into blood on the tracks at like 10 years old and all my friends were listening to dookie and nirvana (laughs) oh wow yeah yeah and i was listening to dylan Uh and so like yeah like dylan the beatles paul simon simon and garfunkel you know they're like these three artists that i have those same associations with like where like they were just always there like they were like auxiliary members of the family like dylan's a fifth member of the family sometimes i think of our family as being like the beatles you know <laughs> right um, yeah I'm paul my dad's ringo <laughs> veda's uh george and my sister's uh my mom is john yes yeah Wait, who are you who did you say you are paul, paul. Mm-hmm. makes yeah. sense yeah the, the cute one <laughs> yeah <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, like, I kind of feel like the Rolling Stones were like the the, the extra member of our family mm-hmm. in that way. Cause yeah, our dad's a huge Stones fan, and I have you know distinct memories of listening to them as a child. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I get your point that like you just grow up with them, so you don't really know. You can't. I can't say the first time I listened to Dylan. Yeah. I mean, I do remember one of the first CDs I ever bought was at the Borders in Beaverton. It was the uh, 
Bob Free Will and Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I think I just bought it because it was a cool thing. I don't know. Uh-huh. I think I liked the cover, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna get into Bob Dylan. And I didn't really like it that much because uh-huh. that one, I don't know. It's kind of a there's that one's kind of an intense. There's a lot of like hard driving songs uh-huh. on that one that aren't as like. Masters of War. Yeah. Pretty intense. Not as easy to listen to. For sure. Not that not that he's like super easy to listen to, right. but. Um, yeah, so I can't really pinpoint. Yeah, there's so many eras. But so you say it's one of those things you don't know when you first heard it. But then when you were a certain age, you said it was like 10 or something. Yeah, yeah. That's when it, it became yours, really. Yeah, on the tracks. Uh-huh. And my dad and I watched like a Dylan MTV Unplugged, you know? We got it from yes. the Blockbuster on McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, that was so you bought the, the DVD of it. No, we rented it. Or you rented it, it I we mean. Rented yeah, it, rented yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, VHS. Uh-huh, right, yeah. <laughs> we have some VHS yeah. right there. <laughs> but yeah, so that was also like a big mm-hmm. immersion and stuff. And then we got a CD player like a few years later and like uh, I bought a lot of Dylan CDs, you know, probably at Everyday Music, mm-hmm. new or used, also Borders Downtown. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also started collecting vinyl, started being gifted vinyl. Mm-hmm. So I have like, I was just looking at my Dylan records. I had more than I thought. Yeah. yeah so what's I, your what's your Dylan? It's like thirty or something. I don't. It feels like that many. It might, it's probably less. It's like twenty. It's some multiple copies of a few of the albums. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Dylan era? Uh. Yeah. Whatever you know, I don't. Yeah, not really. No, I was just gonna. I was thinking about that because, like, I you know, I was listening to Highway sixty one revisited today, mm-hmm. and I feel like right. that's that's such a a peak era for Dylan. Mm-hmm. That's maybe a lot of people's introduction to Dylan. Mm-hmm. A lot of people kind of start cosplaying that era of Dylan. Mm-hmm. You know, the big hair, the yeah, big Paisley shirts, right. polka dot shirts, sunglasses. Mm-hmm. You know, that's maybe like the archetypal Definitely. Dylan that people. Maybe the layman or the layperson would think of. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's definitely like one of two from that decade even. Because like sure. the folky. Yeah. Folky. The protest song. Going electric and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then what they call the, the big hair, big guitar, big drugs trilogy. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> bringing it all back home. Uh-huh. Highway 61 and Blonde on Blonde. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can kind of pick your era and go through changes. You know, it just... You can pick your Dylan. It's a different Dylan, and you can pick the Dylan for your mood, and um, that's kind of what's so fun about him. I think that's yeah. what. So yeah, I mean, I I bought that that CD when I was probably like I don't know fourteen or something, mm-hmm. and then for a while I just wasn't really that into him. But then for some reason, I think after I graduated for col- from college, I became obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. Like I've read every Dylan biography that you can read. Well, probably there's, sure. there's, so, there's many, so many, but I've read a lot of them. That's cool. And I think there's something so, I mean, I think at the time I was very drawn to him as this just kind of shape-shifting character who just decides to become someone. Wow. And then he just becomes, yeah. you know, he, he can become a character and he's always changing and mm-hmm. always shifting and putting on masks, but is it really a mask, uh-huh. you know, and who is he? And <laughs> I was just drawn to this like narrative of being able to become whoever uh-huh. you want to be when I was very kind of like, I don't know, like 
wayward post-college, not yeah. sure what I was going to do, kind of thinking, am I going to leave Portland? Should I go to New York and become, you know, this new self? Uh-huh. And never really did. And so this idea that he can just become new selves, yeah. just shed selves every, mm-hmm. shed selves and become a new type of musician every couple of years is so seductive and so interesting. Definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. The reinvention. Mm-hmm. And very yeah. American, too. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I was thinking that, too. Like, you can kind of have... I think I read a quote once that said something like, every strain of American music can be found in Dylan. Yeah. I mean, that's probably limited. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, there's... Can't yeah. find hip hop or or like, people say you can find hip hop. Oh really? Like subterranean homesick blues. That's true. What is that? Holy like, shit! Like, like, yeah. Prototypal <laughs> Dylan song. My roommate Ron was saying that today actually about about the rap in particular. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but yeah, like um, some I think I described it once as like you know there's like a a huge body of water uh, that ends up in this huge waterfall that goes into like another body of water. And so Dylan draws from, like, this bigger body of water, and he is, like, the waterfall that, like, pours down into, like, all this other kind of music where, like, you know, he, he influenced the Beatles, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. that's a big deal because the Beatles have influenced, you know, plenty of people. But, like, wow. you know, he introduced them to pot and mm-hmm. got, you know, them to, you know, really think more about their lyrics and stuff because I think that's one of its biggest gifts to, to music. Absolutely. It's, like, introducing more poetry to music mm-hmm. more like innovative you know some of the beat generation like lyricism Definitely. and stuff mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. his friendship with Ginsburg and yeah his all connection with guys. that that culture yeah uh-huh. saying why not just put this to music too uh-huh. right yeah so you've probably spent a lot of time studying his vocal performance um have you spent a lot of time just as because you brought up poetry studying like his lyrics because oh, I feel yeah. like that's I have never mm-hmm. I've studied him as like a character uh-huh. and like as a vessel for understanding American history. Uh-huh. But like, I don't know. I kind of find it hard to like sit down and interpret his lyrics. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I did like a project in high school for like sophomore year of high school. You know, we were supposed to study an American poet mm-hmm. and I chose Dylan. I never finished the project, <laughs> but that was who I chose. Uh-huh. That was like who I started, you know, studying. And there's a lot of books on his lyricism and his poetry and stuff you might is this is that better or worse uh it's probably fine it's off okay yeah i just didn't want it to be too dark in here sorry oh, yeah. to interrupt maybe that light can go up or something no it doesn't no. go brighter okay well, whatever yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no it's cool but yeah so yeah <laughs> lyrics yeah yeah <laughs> well i thought um while you were saying that it was like it's also worth noting aria has has contributed to you know the the written you know art form as uh, well like poetry and stuff like that it's you know or just writing kind of short essays you know Arya's Arya's done a lot of that as well so that might have been worth mentioning as well yeah um so um in your writing I know ly- lyrics are it's different than like other forms of writing yeah. but do you do you feel like that is an influence on like when yeah. you're writing like what you learned from Dylan, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, when he writes honestly and stuff, mm-hmm. there's, like, a lot of value in that to be mm-hmm. taken from. I think that's probably, like, the style I most write in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but, 
he also has all these characters and stuff too you know you can so it can be kind of hard to like yeah. tell when it's the the real yeah. truth yeah where you can like write different characters into your stuff and stuff or like uh-huh. write, write as different characters and stuff i mean you won the nobel or the mm-hmm. nobel right i think it was the nobel yeah, yeah. which is kind of a controversy because i was working at pals at the time uh-huh. and i remember some people were really pissed because uh-huh. you know it's not like he wrote well he has written books but yeah people were mad that like they gave the nobel prize in literature to a singer as opposed yeah. to like a working writer but it really didn't bug me at all i was like he's he's an amazing poet and mm-hmm. chronicles is also a great book chronicles his memoir so, what was the other book like he was working Tarantula. on? Tarantula. Okay, yeah. yeah. yeah Never yeah. been able to make it through that one. Have you? <laughs> no, I don't think I read that. Yeah. I think I, I held, I've held it. Yeah. I have a copy. You gleamed. Yeah, I have a copy. <laughs> yeah. 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 I remember in the... Um, have you seen the movie where like all the... What's it? I'm not there. Yeah. So I feel like um, Kate Blanchett's uh, version of the kind of blonde on blonde yeah. or highway like that that uh depiction of him is like scary scary good it's really you good. know yeah yeah i was thinking about that movie in particular when you were talking about uh the reinvention aspect mm-hmm. marley and mm-hmm. stuff because that's like a movie where he's played by like yeah. three or four different people i think mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. yeah least. and like when i saw that i that's what actually made me go deep into dylan because nice. i didn't I didn't quite understand the movie because I didn't know that about Dylan uh-huh. yet when I saw it. And it was, um, and I actually, it was when we went to Europe and I bought that book mm-hmm. that is just of his interviews. Oh, wow. And I think the Dylan interview is like such a like maze Art or something, you know, it's like he has mastered the way to, I don't know, push people away from what yeah. he's actually trying to say or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you called it an art form, Marley. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's been through so many of them. I mean, I was, yeah, I was also thinking today about how, like, um, you know, he was, like, so exposed, like, uh, mm-hmm. in the early days and, like, interviewed so much. And he was, like, the voice of a generation and this this great savior for American mm-hmm. music and all these, you know, things that nobody could possibly bear the burden of and he, yeah he bore the burden alone you know mm-hmm. it's amazing that yeah. he's 80 today you know considering how many people from his generation aren't here anymore and all that stuff you know like he's a real survivor you know mm-hmm. him and jagger and mm-hmm. richards and he's everybody. still performing so you said yeah. you've seen dylan three times eight times eight? Oh, you've three times with my times. dad yeah eight times yeah pretty so sure let's talk times. about that we've seen him <laughs> twice i can't say i was particularly i mean i was amazed to see him yeah and to be in his presence right. and to be like this is this american icon that is you know he's old but he's here yeah but i can't say i particularly enjoyed um I, I the love performance him live. You okay yeah. so tell us tell us why <laughs> oh because it, because of the reasons you said but yeah. and then like i i'm a huge apologist for like the way he sings anymore and the way he sings in general because mm-hmm. there's nothing like it mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. you know that's the first thing people will make fun of his, his voice and mm-hmm. stuff and you he's know. been getting that his whole life yeah, though you yeah, know yeah. i was reading i wrote down this one quote when yeah. i was that someone it was like this 19 oh, 1963 article in time magazine described his voice as at its very best his voice sounds as if it were drifting over the walls of a tuberculosis sanatorium oh my god so you know <laughs> wow. he's been For getting life. shit about it you Definitely. know since he was mm-hmm. what 
fucking yeah. 20 or, you yeah. know, however, well, that, however old he is. I think in, um, it's either in Don't Look Back or the other, the one Scorsese did the movie. Um, but anyway, there's this interview where some, someone's, it's like a British guy. You probably know the interview. Yeah, it's yeah. like backstage and like, I think it might have been four time magazine. But anyway, they're like, they make a comment about his voice and he's like, and you know what? One thing about my voice, it's like, I can sing just as well as anyone. I can hold my breath twice as long as anyone. <laughs> I just love that moment where it like came out and he's like, you know what? Like, I think I sing well. Mm-hmm. He what does sing he hits well. Every note? And he does sing well. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's like, who who is anyone to say? Note. Yeah, he sings in, in his voice. Yeah. And that's how it is. And like, you know, the last 20 years, those are the times I've seen him. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think a lot of people age into maybe being even better, you know, singers when it comes to like phrasing, mm-hmm. enunciation, and things like that. You know, he was never an amazing singer, so mm-hmm. he's not going to sound like Pavarotti tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden overnight. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right, right. I guess I just, I remember like my favorite Dylan song. Even when I wasn't really into Dylan in high school, I always loved Tangled Up in Blue. Like, that was just, I would listen to that all the time. I think, you know, he makes some comment about her hair was still red. And I was like, oh, I'm a redhead. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) I just, I always connected to the song for some reason. And we saw him at the Schnitz, right? Was it the Schnitz? I believe it was the Keller, actually. You were probably at that show. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. we saw him at the Keller. What was that? 2015, I think, right? I think it was 2014. 14, okay. I was actually working at the Keller. Yeah. Oh, cool. So... Predates us knowing. Were you were you on on the clock at that? No, show? no, not at all. Okay. No. that was the kind of a cool thing. I was working for the company that does the Schnitz, the Keller, and uh, mm-hmm. the building north of or south of the Schnitz, and mm-hmm. uh, I was making good money. It was a, like a shitty job, kind of. I was a, I was a custodian, like when I was mm-hmm. working and stuff. But I made enough money to go to like a, a good amount of shows. Like I saw Ryan Adams, Gordon Lightfoot, uh, Dylan that fall. Nice. Good, Did you see money. Ryan Adams at the Schnitzer? Yeah. Okay, we were at that show too. Yeah, that was on my birthday. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just saying that. Yeah. You know, he was singing like so. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't understand what he was yeah. saying most of the time, and he got about two minutes into a song, and then I realized, oh, he's playing Tangled Up in Blue. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, it was so hard for me to understand what he was saying that like what I thought was gonna be this moment of hearing Bob Dylan sing yeah. my fa- one of my favorite songs of all time, yeah. kind of. I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Which, you know, I don't mean to be like shitting on him since everyone shits on him about that. But I do remember kind of feeling a little disappointed. But, yeah, you know. that's like not an uncommon reaction to yeah. like seeing him mm-hmm. live. Is that they, people expect it to sound like it did 60 years ago or whatever. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Like, Which I is think... maybe an unrealistic... There's like this live uh, Joni Mitchell album from the 70s, Miles of Isles, which is a really good live album that she did with the, this band, the LA Express, I guess. But um, there's this one part where like um, people keep yelling out for some song or another, and she like, stops the set and she scolds the audience, and she's like, you, you know, like, I'm not going to keep playing the same songs every night. You know, like, you wouldn't go up to Picasso mm-hmm. and say, like, hey, can you paint that again? And mm-hmm. I, I like that nice. perspective on like sure. the way she reinvents her songs and the way I think Dylan reinvents the songs over the last 60 years. Even the dead, you know, playing the songs just a little bit different mm-hmm. like every time and stuff. Yeah. And he's always been kind of abrasive to his audience. Yeah. You know, he's always kind of, I mean, maybe abrasive is a 
bad way to say it, but he kind of has have an adversarial relationship to his public persona and yeah, his fans. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that, you know, he's, you know, performing in his 70s when we saw him. And he's yeah. like, this is what it is. Yeah. Take it or leave it. You know, you got to you gotta respect him uh-huh. for not changing in that way. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I think, was he doing the Sinatra covers on that tour yet? I feel like that album... Oh, was it that? I know. So I know when we saw him in Eugene, he was doing that. Okay. But I think maybe this was still Temp- Tempest okay. tour. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Did I, you I, see him in Eugene at the Cuthbert? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. I was at that show. You were too. there, too? Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that was the last time I saw him. And that, yeah. I'm pretty sure, was the Sinatra cover album. Yeah. He was, or the whatever. I think he maybe did one or two originals. Uh-huh. But, yeah. I remember I, the Staples singers yeah, played at that the, show. Yeah, yeah maybe That was Staples, awesome. Yeah. Seeing yeah. maybe yeah. Staples was amazing not to get off track sure. but like man what yeah, an, what an iconic iconic bill like imagine yeah. that you're getting to see mavis staples and bob dylan in one night it's like one of those things you can't even like process in the time and then you have that good memory so that's, definitely that's like a really valuable thing i remember i had a horrible allergy attack yeah do, you yeah that? No. i do marley yeah. <laughs> i knew i i was living in eugene at the time and i knew allergies were no joke there and like you know the show was outside obviously and marley just got just brutalized yeah. by the pollen i had to go to bed straight after we we got home we had to go we went to some 7-eleven like i walked in the yeah, day just, just like, just like her eyes were like swollen <laughs> shut she's like grabbing claritin and it made us so like i remember the night was really windy too i don't know if you remember but there was just something kind of ominous about it uh-huh. like in a good way but uh-huh. like you know it was just him you know stand like he doesn't really do anything right. when he's performing he kind of just stands there and maybe walks back and forth a little bit and the leaves were like blowing across the yeah. stage and it was it was kind of a blustery evening, and it just felt like very, um, I don't know. Apocalyptic. And I was apocalyptic almost. The hard rain was going to fall. Yeah. yeah. It felt like a hard rain fall. was about to fall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so um, do you have a favorite like time you saw him? <laughs> I think they're all tied for first. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But I love talking about all the eight times I saw him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be happy to do that. Well, now. you saw, um, didn't you? You saw him co-headline with Paul Simon, right? I did. Yeah, that, that was, was in the Eugene. First time I saw him. Or that Corvallis. was at the Rose Garden. Rose Garden. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. why don't you talk about that? I mean, those oh, two yeah. guys mean the world to you. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, you know, in that one was night. Basically, my first show. Yeah. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. What a what a first show to see. <laughs> I mean, I'm you know I don't know if I saw I think I saw like a zoo show when I was younger. But other than that, didn't really see live music much. I think I was a sophomore in high school, and that was my first show. Bob Dylan, Paul Simon. It was like 23 years ago this season. It was like April or May or, or something. I went with my dad and my mom's brother. My dad had seen him once before with Santana at the Coliseum in okay. like 93. Oh, cool. Yeah. But yeah, um, Dylan opened. Opened. I'm using air quotes. Yeah. And uh, then him and Paul did a couple of songs together. Um, they did Blowing in the Wind. I think they did Sounds of Silence. And then they did Blue Moon of Kentucky because they did that for Johnny Cash because he was sick at the time. Oh, so wow. that was like a little nice. tribute they did, uh-huh. uh, you know, for him. And uh, that was cool that they, you know, sang together. They did, yeah. you know, they did that whole tour together and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan also toured with Joni. Oh. And Van Morrison that year. Mm. Yeah. yeah. He's so busy, too. That's like, yeah. 
it blows my mind and like I bet he would have been playing shows throughout these past two years if he could have been like the guy does not stop no it's all he knows really yeah on the road yeah he's a you know do you say mercurial already because that's a pretty good word for him yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. the way he approaches touring Mm -hmm. and like uh, touring sonically too throughout the years and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah I mean like so we saw him at the Keller and maybe less, like a we year. We also did acid, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we did acid that night. <laughs> so that might have confused the situation <laughs> yeah, further. That's true. But maybe that's why I didn't understand. We had no idea what was funny. happening. But um, <laughs> just the fact that you were able, like, we, you know, those sh- those shows happened not that far apart when we saw him in Portland and then Eugene. Yeah. Like, right. And he was in his 70s, later 70s. And that's like an inspiring thing, I feel like. Yeah. Just the uh, work ethic. Yeah. You know of Dylan? Yeah. But it's also effortless. It's like, it's such a conundrum. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe he just makes it look effortless. I think he makes it look pretty effortless. I think he's lucky, been lucky to have some really good bands behind him. Yes. Yeah, yes. over the years. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of really great musicians have played behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they... They keep things interesting. They keep up with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right, because he's going to kind of sing it however he wants. Yeah. You know, and he's going to mix it up if he feels like mixing it up. And they got to keep up. But I, I have a question. Yeah. If you could go back in time and see a Dylan of any era perform, what would it be? That's a great question. Um, I think I was almost thinking about that today, too. Uh, uh Man. Uh, maybe maybe you know probably like the Blood on the Tracks era, yeah, like that era, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, just because I like that album so much and yeah. What was the what was visceral. the touring situation with that one? I'm not sure. Um, like the you know the details, but mm-hmm. he definitely toured. There's this really great live album from that tour, Hard Rain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, like the whole Rolling Thunder review is like roughly that same era. Right. It's it's like yeah. Blood on the Tracks, Desire. Mm-hmm. Those are like the albums that Rolling Thunder review is like part of that same era. Right. And he was going through that bitter divorce of yeah. his and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But that live album, Hard Rain, is really good. It's like at Red Rocks, maybe, or somewhere in Colorado. Um, and his ex-wife at the time like showed up with the kids. Mm-hmm. And it was actually starting to rain, and and it was, you know, it's a really great performance. Like it's mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. one of the great live performances. I think he's a great live performer. Yeah. I mean, you know, historically and stuff. I think he almost blew his voice out probably from like giving it so much. Like when you hear like bootlegs from like Rolling Thunder review and stuff, somebody should have just yeah. given him some tea and some you know yeah. some mm-hmm. lessons sure. and stuff. Yeah, yeah you could have. Could have maybe benefited from a break. Yeah, that well, the motorcycle accident gave him like a little time, like in the late sixties. Right. Yeah. And people talk about how when he sang on um, Nashville Skyline, uh-huh. his voice is. If you listen to that album, it's distinct. And I think that is either that or John Wesley Harding was his first album back from the. John Wesley Harding was the first one back from the accident. Uh huh. Basement tapes, of course. Sure. Were like kind of that same era, but they were unreleased. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Nashville Skyline. Completely different voice, right? Yeah, like on any other albums. Yeah, Yeah. Honey Sweet. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. 
What about you, Charlie? What, Dylan, would you go back to see? I gotta say that, like, for me, the Nashville Skyline was a huge album for me, and that's what got me into it. I don't know if he was even touring at that point, though. So yeah. it's hard to say. But, I mean, right. Rolling Thunder Review, how could you not, like, yeah. want to see that show? Yeah. So many other great performers on that, too. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's your pick. What about you, Marley? I honestly think I would go back to Greenwich Village in, like, 1962. Or maybe it's before that, a little oh, yeah. earlier than that. It's like a mic drop moment. Well, I'm going back to the source. <laughs> I would. Cafe Wa. Yeah, Gertie's, all the other ones. Mm-hmm. The Supper I, Club. Yeah. I just, yeah, that Greenwich Village folk scene of the early 60s has mm-hmm. always just really um, fascinated me. And Marley's kind of a New York New Yorker, I feel like, in her heart. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Charlie and I went to New York, and we did a, a little bit of a Dylan tour. Mm-hmm. We nice. went to the street where they took the free will and Bob Dylan. And we went to one of his apartments, I think. I mean, we just like stood out. Yeah, Marley, we got a photo of you. (laughs) And we went to one of the cat, like cafes. Yeah. I don't remember the, but yeah, I, I, I I like that, that era of Mm -hmm. music and Dylan when he was so young and yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, but I know you're not a big Coen Brothers fan, but have you seen the uh, Lewin no, Day? Like, I no. think you would appreciate that yeah. because it's such a, a snapshot of that time, right, you yeah. know? But yeah, um, I still need to see that. Um, yeah, we, we have it on DVD if you want to borrow it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you have a DVD player. Some people don't. Right. I've got one like, on my computer. <laughs> but um, back to, like, Dylan being mercurial, like, the uh even the movie that just came out the rolling thunder review one yeah. well, i guess it didn't just come out like there's there is stuff to mislead you in that you know like yeah. how how do you have the foresight to be like okay i'm gonna kind of like <laughs> take you off track here you know yeah yeah i don't know yeah who is the real dylan and, and he you know he, he only lets you know what he wants you to know Totally. And he changes it. He has he total did, control yeah. over his image. He did that from the beginning, too. I mean, I think he talked about how he was a circus child or something. Mm-hmm. Ran away with the circus or grew up uh-huh. in the circus and stuff like that. It's all bullshit. I mean, I was thinking yeah. about this the other day, listening to Tangled Up in Blue, I think. It's like, he's like, I was working on a fishing boat outside of Delacroix. <laughs> it's like, no, you weren't. Like, you weren't working on a fishing boat. Like, yeah. artists can imagine whatever they want. That's his power. But it's also, like, you are this rich celebrity. Like, yeah, I wonder where he's that always came from. creating mm-hmm. an identity that's not really who he is. Yeah, yeah. Like, he wants to be someone else. And so he right. does that through the way he dresses, the way he presents himself, the way the songs he writes. But, like, yeah, who, yeah, who he is remains a mystery, maybe even to himself. Or it's, like, a thick metaphor. Like, maybe he... You know, he com- compares working on fi- he's fishing for lyrics, fishing mm-hmm. for stories, right. sure. fishing yeah. for songs from Louisiana. going through the newspapers mm-hmm. when he was writing some of his earlier songs, mm-hmm. like Lonesome Death of Hattie Carroll or whatever and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I'd really like to go to Delacroix, by the way. That's where I would go. Like mm-hmm. that. That's a destination Dylan place that I want to go. Okay. What's yeah. the destination about it? Oh, just to just say you went that, to Dylan. Yeah, because just yeah. that lyric is so great. You yeah, know? <laughs> absolutely. And it's like, I've you know, I've looked it up on google maps and stuff just to see how far it is from new orleans and, yeah. and whatever it's it's interesting little place <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a very random place it's to so mention random. a song but there's it works, so many right? great places that he mentions you know yeah. right 
yeah, yeah. it's almost there's a geography Definitely. to his lyrics you could that probably is do a really... whole book on that geography mm. you know yeah and you could see you know a lot of bands who fancy themselves songwriters they they take that kind of uh um I don't know. They take that as a lesson. Like yeah. With your lyrics, you can you can improve them by putting in time and place to them. You know? Yeah, I think there's like an art to specificity in writing, and like if yes. you can be really specific, you know, it's like not doesn't have to be someplace that everybody knows. But mm-hmm. Like you know it, and then yes. people associate it with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it becomes known, or or it's super well known, you know. Mm-hmm. But you like. Uh, frame it in a certain way for like yeah whatever your, your verses you know yeah i agree i've thought about the specificity thing before and a lot of times those are the lyrics that become iconic or become historic or you do the ones they remember you know yeah. or the ones that are very specific either yeah. about a specific thing or a place or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah so like as we were saying, we were kind of confused by the first time we saw Dylan, but now that we're talking about this, it's making me think maybe that was just another way of him to, oh, you're expecting this, I'm going to present myself in a different way than you would expect. Maybe Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe he thinks you're going to come see him anyway. He's gonna, you know, <laughs> yeah, or, he's or, already got your money, yeah. you know? When I saw Van Morrison a couple of years ago, I remember, uh, you know, by the way, Van Morrison is taking an unfortunate turn of late because he's uh-huh. got all this anti-lockdown uh, stuff going on or whatever. Yeah, there's a few. So I, kinda... I don't know if I'd see him now, but yeah. I saw him like a couple years ago. Yeah, him and Clapton. Yeah, there's like yeah. even like maybe Noel Gallagher. I don't know. Oh, he's yeah. not quite classic rock, but anyway. But we were walking out of the van show, and like some buddy, some other person in the audience was saying, "Boy, he's weird," or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm always like. Yeah, he is weird. He's always been weird. Yeah. He's always been weird. Yeah. Right, uh, yeah. But yeah, you know. Yes. <laughs> so why don't we do Well, the... I was thinking I could do my pop quiz. Yeah. Please, is this for just Arya or... No, for both of you. Okay. Yeah. So I've, I've developed a Dylan pop quiz, Dylan factoids. Um, it's a mixture of true or false, fill in the blank, multiple choice. <laughs> Some of them are... I try not to do anything too obvious. I'm assuming you know cool. most people, listeners, know the basic facts, but um, hopefully some of them might be really hard. Some of them might be really obvious, and you guys will be like, "Why would you ask me that?" But we'll see. Okay, true or false? Dylan was born. Dylan was born in Hibbing, Minnesota. False. Mm-hmm. False. Is it Duluth? Duluth. Duluth. He was born in Duluth, moved to Hibbing when he was six That's or right. something like that. I had trouble with that today because I was like posting a picture on Instagram, you know, and I tagged Hibbing. Oh. But then I looked, I like looked and he was born in Duluth and I guess I'd forgotten that. Just but because it's confusing. Hibbing yeah. is, you, you don't hear anything else about Hibbing except that Dylan was born there. Right. You, you hear about Duluth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He lived there till he was six. Yeah. Yeah. So what Dylan song did Peter, Peter Paul, and Mary first cover? Blowing in the Wind. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. Blown in the wind is correct. Yeah. Um, what did Dylan say in response to being called Judas at the Manchester Free Trade Hall in 1966? Couple I don't answers. believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you is one of them. Oh You're a liar. <laughs> You're a liar. I feel like, one. did we like, we should have had someone shout <laughs> we that. We did. Oh, we did. Okay. Ron shouted okay, Judas. Thank you. Yeah. I, like, I knew there was something. Sure. Either we talked about it or it did happen. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> so someone, when Arya and I played in the 
the Dylan tribute band. Um, Arya had his roommates <laughs> shout Judas and stay on the stage, which is, I think, maybe maybe like the truest truest yeah, thing you yeah. could do for a Dylan yeah, tribute. You'd probably do that next time and every time. Yeah, every oh, time, every yeah. time. I didn't realize that was multiple choice, and I totally jumped all over it. But no, we, no, no, we, it wasn't multiple choice. Oh, it, was it wasn't. Kind of a fill in the blank one. Oh, I would I accept see, any. I, I would also have accept accepted play it loud. Ah. Or play oh yeah, that's loud. a great. Yeah, that's a yeah. great moment. Yeah. That's a great moment. Yeah, yes. that's the that's so <laughs> badass. That's the full phrasing. Yep. Like, I don't believe you. You're a liar. Uh-huh. Play fucking loud. <laughs> it's just like punk yeah. rock. It like, is punk mm-hmm. rock. Yeah, punk is an attitude, and he yeah. had it. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, who is who is the violinist that played on Desire and with the Rolling Thunder review? Scarlett Rivera. Nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love her. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Great violin playing on that mm-hmm. album and great mm-hmm. singing. Yeah. So she sings on like um, the One More Cup, cup of Coffee song. Emily Lou Harris sings on the album. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think, I, you know, I said she sings, but maybe she doesn't. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. I thought she just played the violin or yeah. whatever, but I don't really know. Yeah. I think it's Emily Lou on like One More Cup of Coffee. Got it. Yeah. Okay. What did Pete C- Seeger allegedly threaten to do to the microphone cable at the 65 Newport Folk Festival when Dylan famously went electric? Chop it with an axe. Chop it with an axe. Oh my god. <laughs> Though apparently that might be apocryphal. Yeah. Wait, what, sure. what do you mean? It, maybe he didn't say that. He didn't that. actually say yeah. that. Okay. Or maybe, I've just... read that like you call a guitar an axe, and so maybe uh... he was referring to a guitar. But... I liked I, I like the symbolism oh, of yeah. saying he's gonna chop the microphone. Print the legend. Yeah. <laughs> so I I didn't even think that he only said it. I thought he actually did it. You mm. know, that's the story I wanna hear mm. is that he actually did it, you know. I don't think he actually did. I guess did he probably it, didn't but... because I think Dylan kept playing. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so he was he's like a folk guy, Pete Seeker. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty classic. The Weavers, I the think. Weavers, he's kinda yeah. like a this machine communist type definitely in the left wing phone yeah. traveler yeah. yeah right on Woody Guthrie's guitar had this machine kills fascists on it Pete Seeger played banjo and I think he wrote on his banjo at one point this machine uh, surrounds fascists and negotiates their surrender <laughs> that's awesome so that he was a, you know he's a great pacifist and yeah. stuff mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay let's see um True or false? Young Dylan saw Buddy Holly play live just a few days before he died in a plane crash. That's true. No way. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that one. Yeah. That's that's pretty rad. I'm glad I'm glad Dylan got to see him. Yeah, I think he's he talks about that. Um, I'm sure he talks about it plenty of places, but I, I almost feel like he talked about that in like the New York Times interview he did like a year ago. For uh-huh. he did like this interview with the Times because he put out that song "Murder Most Foul." About the JFK oh, yes. assassination yes, and yes. stuff. Yes, I remember that. And they did this interview, <laughs> and the J- the song is like fourteen minutes and yeah. stuff. But yeah, I think we listened to that once. Yeah, we listened to it. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, hey, it's great, it's great, but like, uh, yeah, okay. it's a it's a classic, you know. It's a. Uh, uh, I think Jarvis Cocker just said it was his favorite Dylan song. Okay. Wow. Yeah, the pulp singer. <laughs> mm. Oh, cool. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Okay, going to do some fill-in-the-blanks to Dylan right. lyrics. <laughs> now, you might be good at this, Aria, since you've had to perform. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever performed any of these ones, but... Okay. 
Girl by the whirlpools, looking for a new fool. Don't follow follow leaders, watch the... Parking meters. What's that from? Subterranean Homes yeah. and Blues. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. When Ruthie says come see her in her honky-tonk lagoon, where I can watch her waltz for free neath her blank moon. Wow. It's so funny to hear them, like, out of context. (laughs) Oh, man, I don't know if I know that one. Can you repeat it? I'll know Mm -hmm. when I hear it. When Ruthie says come see her in her honky-tonk lagoon, where I can watch her waltz for free neath her blank (sighs) moon. Silvery seems too obvious. Yeah. Panamanian Moon. Panamanian. And what song is that from? Uh, Stuck Inside of Mobile ah, from Memphis Blue. Ah, damn it. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. I know that song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's what There's so many lyrics in his song. There's so many so. lyrics. Yeah. It's like Panamanian. Where'd you yeah. come up with that? I thought we were stuck inside of Mobile. Right. <laughs> okay. Oh, what did you meet, my blue eyed son? Who did you meet, my darling young one? I met a young child beside a dead blank. Dog? (laughs) Close. Wolf? No. Cat. (laughs) Pony. (laughs) Pony. Yeah, I know the song. It's a hard rain. It's going to fall. Yeah, Yeah, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, you're stumping me. It's okay. Well, I didn't want to do like the really obvious ones like Rolling Stone, but Uh okay, let's see this one. Remember the murder that happened in the bar? Remember you said you saw the blank? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Getaway car. Getaway car, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Sometimes like, you kind of have to give me... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having to, it's hard to pluck out like a lyric and fill it in. Yeah. Kind of one thing flows from the next one. the song and then you can know what he's saying. I can always do it like when I'm listening to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I'll know what's next. Yeah. But you guys did pretty well. Yeah. Those are good. Okay. Okay. Name one of Dylan's high school bands. Or oh, which man. one of these is Dylan's high school band? Shadow Blasters, Golden Chords, Satin Tones, or All of the Above? <laughs> oh, man. Those are all so good. Yeah, also great. Also, Dylan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. The second one? <laughs> it's all of the above. Yeah, that was my first guess, actually. Yeah. So he had, like, a few bands, yeah. or he just, like, would change the name? I am not sure if they're different bands, or... Yeah. That's a good one. Okay. Final one. Okay, sorry, before you go, I love the idea of Dylan having high school bands. That yeah. That, like, really, like, warms my heart. And these are, like, what, 1950s, like... Yeah. So it's, like, probably, like, Rockabilly chords, or something. Tones. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy Holly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you wonder what those song. songs sound like. Yeah, I wonder if they've ever been recorded. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there's Dylan any, like... Dylanalia. Because you hear about bands who had, like, he's like, I wrote that, or they were like, I wrote that song when I was in high school. So I wonder if any of classic Dylan songs he he wrote when he was that young, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, who... We'll, we'll never know. Unless we can kind of pin him down one day and uh, yeah. <laughs> corner him. Okay. okay, final question. <laughs> what was Dylan's earliest stage name? Oh, man, I don't know. It's I don't know why you would know. Elston Gunn. Elston Gunn. I've heard that before, actually. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. That's a great stage <laughs> yeah. name. <laughs> Elston. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel, like, I feel like Dylan is an artist that 
he inspires people to just know every single thing about him. <laughs> so yeah. I wanted to see. It's interesting to see. I don't know. People get obsessed with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I well, almost. Sorry, go no, ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel that way when I get really into any band. I almost want to, like, just devour every yeah. little bit of it, like, interviews included. But with Dylan, it's, like, a whole other thing because it's, like we've talked about, it, it's interpret it's interpretation as well as... It's not, it's not literal all the time or it's not just... It's not presented right to you. It's, like, there's stuff to sift through, you know? Both lyrically and with his interviews, which make it, like, interesting on so many different levels. Mm. Well, as a um, performing artist that inspires obsession, both of you are in a Dylan tribute band, Mm -hmm. Bob Dylan's 115th Dream. Ari is the lead singer. Charlie plays guitar, right? Yeah. And musical director. And he's a musical director. (laughs) Um, So I guess I will shift to kind of being the primary interviewer since you guys are both in this band. Um, When did this idea to make this tribute band come (laughs) about? What's the history? All I know is that I saw you guys. But I don't know anything about, like... Well, I just remember, like, hearing Arya do mm. Forever Young, uh, probably yeah, on my birthday party <laughs> um, when I turned, like, 23 or 24. And he was so on the money with that song. And, it like, it was, like, good in a way that karaoke isn't... Like, it, you know, like, karaoke is, like, it's almost <laughs> like you don't... It's part of the fun is being shitty, in my opinion. But, like, that was just, like, a great performance of it. And I think we kind of, Ari and I were working together at the time and we started kind of talking about the idea of maybe performing some songs. At least that's how I remember it. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, you yeah. <laughs> you performed Forever Young at Charlie's birthday karaoke at, uh, where, where was Ambassador it? Lounge. Ambassador, Ambassador Lounge. Ambassador, yeah, on, on Sandy. And yeah, I think everyone was blown away by how spot on your <laughs> impression or your take or your performance was. So when did you figure out that you could do this good Dylan? Every time I do it, I figure it out, uh-huh. you know, I think there's, you know, there's like the cheap and easy way to do Dylan. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the, you've actually listened to Dylan over the years way. Cause there's a different voice you could do for every era too. Yes. And, and I can do, you know, maybe a couple different eras even, mm-hmm. but you know, there's the, you know, you can do. Mm, you know that's, that's everybody's Dylan impression is, <laughs> yeah, is that basically. yeah there's these customers I'm really annoyed with lately because a few months ago uh Kenan one of my co our co-workers and mm-hmm. I were playing the, all these Dylan like live shows that had come in and like the that big bootleg series of the 66 tour yeah we were playing those back to back to back and these customers, I could hear them in the back making fun of his voice. Mm-hmm. And they're on my shit list now. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> but, Remember those faces. But yeah, oh yeah. But mm-hmm. that's the impression, of, you know, that people, will, oh, this guy, mm, mm-hmm. you know, mm. I don't even know, like, when he's ever done that. <laughs> I mean, I think yeah. he did it on, like, some really early uh-huh. albums. But, like, what even is that? Let's, like, <laughs> I know, it's, where like, does a, that it's an from? audible pause or something, mm-hmm. like, in the, like, but yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know, high school, I think. Um, you know, my singing along with my my dad can't carry a tune in a bucket, mm-hmm. um, but he can sing Dylan. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've sung Dylan together and stuff. So, I remember when I was, when shortly after, like, uh, we watched that, like, um, Unplugged, like, um, 
I went to this really interesting, like democratically run school and uh, there were no classes. There's like kids age four through 18 just running around like a bunch of wild dogs. Uh And uh, I didn't know what it meant. And I kept singing at the top of my lungs. I'd say, everybody must get stoned. (laughs) And I was like 10 or something like that. And this older kid, you know, was clearly troubled or something like, was just really mean to me and bullying me about it. And he's like, you don't know what that means. You don't know what that fucking means and all this stuff. And he like tied my shoes to the art table like while I was wearing them. And there were these Jordans, like the only Jordans I ever owned. (laughs) I wish I knew where they were because I think they were like real Jordans, you know. Mm -hmm. But anyway, (laughs) so that was like an early Dylan singing memory Mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. So you were saying there's different Dylans you can kind of channel. Uh-huh. Is there I can't one... do Nashville Skyline. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah. That one's a, that's tough so to do. It's very trilly. And it was the only design. time he could do it. Yeah. That's yeah. I don't think he toured that album. <laughs> it's weird to think about, like, where did that voice come from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He even kind of looked different in those years. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but is there a specific era, well, was there a specific era that you guys, when you were doing this band, uh-huh. were evoking? Or were you kind of just doing Dylan general, general Dylan? I think there's some things that like have carried over through every era for like his style and stuff. So I think like the songs we called from were like mid sixties mm-hmm. and for every Generally, Young, which is like seventy. Mm-hmm. And then like you know the costumes were suits, mm-hmm. sunglasses, mm-hmm. you know paisley shirts or whatever. Yeah. You know trying for a little bit of semi formal kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, it was a great show. That yeah, was definitely, I think, like, the sunglasses and the Paisley shirts was mid-60s yeah, inspired, exactly. definitely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So how'd you come up with the set list? How'd you decide what to perform? Uh, you know, we only had, like, two practices for that show. Yeah. Um, I think you, maybe even only one full practice with the full band. Yeah, because maybe Dakota wasn't there the first one. Yeah, because I think... Yeah, I don't know. I remember... Uh, you know, I, I sang Forever Young at Charlie's birthday, and Charlie was, like, hugely complimentary of the performance and stuff. And, you know, that was nice to hear, because Charlie's a great singer. Charlie's a great musician and stuff. And uh, he was like, yeah, you should, you know, you should sing that. Uh, you know, like, we could do a Dylan tribute band or something like that. And uh, I ran with it. <laughs> <laughs> we had, I think we had, like, a bigger vision initially to have, like, a six-band six-person band right keyboard second guitarist and stuff like that right and the 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 herd thinned out a little bit and it was me jack and charlie for the first practice Mm -hmm. jack stringer Mm -hmm. and uh then and then somebody had pulled out of playing bass and charlie suggested dakota Mm -hmm. theme who's been on the podcast friend of the pod yeah friend of the pod (laughs) (laughs) and he filled in you know i mean he played bass and yeah yeah he so. became the bassist of He's that the band bassist. yeah <laughs> and i know for him kind of like you those songs are such a part of him that it was pretty easy like you know asking dakota to play in a dylan band i knew he would be able to because you know nice. he's another one of those people where dylan was like a def- definite influence and part of his musical development like it was yours so. yeah yeah i guess 
we, I mean, Blood on the um, Tangled Up in Blue, we did that too, and that's 75. So that's like. Oh, yeah, true. And, yeah. Um, I think we did like five songs, six mm-hmm. songs. So, yeah, we did Tangled Up in Blue, Forever Young, Visions of Johanna. Right. And then what's the. We did like the bluesy All one. Oh, the Watchtower. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, yes, obviously. But then there was one more that we did that I, I actually didn't Just really... like Tom Thumb's Blues? Yes, that one, yeah. the blues one, yeah. So is that five? I think that's what we did. Yeah. But these are all quite long songs. They are, yeah. So I feel like the burden really and landed on you. And stage banter, too. True, yeah. 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 <laughs> I almost like... thought about doing this whole podcast in character. I, I, forgot, I forgot to do it in character. <laughs> oh, no. my God, we should have done that. You could have just been such a dick to us the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could have just, just sent us, us, like... Making us feel so stupid. <laughs> 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 we appreciate you not. I don't oh, think yeah. I'd ever want to interview Dylan. I don't think I could keep up. Yeah, it'd be tough. It'd be <laughs> tough. You just have to watch his eyebrows the whole time because he's just going to tell you what he really thinks. With the brows. With the brows. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you only did five songs, but it was a fairly long set because yeah. the songs are quite long. Mm-hmm. So did you have to do the work of memorizing all these songs or I, did you kind of already know them? Uh, we. I had like a, a stand, like a music stand oh. um, with the lyrics mm-hmm. printed out. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if I could have memorized all that. No. <laughs> <laughs> and they are so dense, and you want to get it right. You yeah. Know, you want to, because the lyrics are important. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. for someone like that, that's yeah. an instance where you can't really fudge yeah. fudge too much as far as the lyrics go. Right. Um, he can change them, <laughs> but I, I didn't feel like I yeah, could Yeah, it's like them. you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually one of my... Uh, one of my pet peeves is when people are doing covers and maybe they like switch the pronouns to like fit their, you know, so if you're, uh-huh. you know, identified as a man and you're singing a song by a woman or whatever, I was like, just sing this. Like, right. what does it matter? It's like, just sing the song as it was. That's like a, just a aside though. Um, yeah. So I feel like those songs even so, yeah. Um, Tangled Up in Blue and Forever Young are not technically... Uh, 60s era obviously right. they're later but they are like classically Dylan Definitely. in that way um, and I think we were trying to trying to play songs that were going to be like yeah. classically yeah. Dylan what's everybody going to know yeah. Uh-huh. yeah yeah you're not going to make people sit through like Desolation Row yeah, <laughs> yeah we weren't necessarily or even like Chimes of Freedom or something <clears throat> There's yeah. one. that would have been a hard one to sing that's a very yeah. dense song um, yeah yeah, I mean, you kind of had it easy, Charlie, because I feel, I mean, I don't know I much did. about, mm-hmm. you know, performing guitar, but it kind of seems like his songs, they're repetitive, so you only had so much you had to learn, whereas Arya had to learn. Yeah, Arya definitely had the <laughs> the brunt of the load, and maybe, you know, drumming's always super hard, so that's going to be tough, but um, yeah, for me, it was, you know, the songs tend to have a, a repetition to them, and it, that made it the, uh, the less stressful for me, at least. Yeah, they chug along. Yeah, mm, they chug along in the best way, though. Yeah, definitely. They have this driving quality that just great to. Here's one thing I actually wanted to talk about because I don't think Dylan gets enough credit for like pop sensibilities or like melodic sensibilities because we've doesn't. talked about the lyrics <laughs> and yes, everyone knows Dylan's lyrics are yeah. you know iconic, but like. I think he writes catchy, catchy music. 
Definitely. He writes catchy melodies as well. And maybe some people can't get past the voice. You don't like his voice or whatever that may be. But if you can appreciate that aspect, I think you'll realize a lot of these songs are pop songs, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's a lot of, I think there's been, you know, he's covered, been covered a lot. Yeah. And I think there's probably been some instrumental covers of his stuff too. Mm-hmm. Jazz covers yeah. of him or soul or funk covers that are right. all instrumental. So I agree. He doesn't get enough credit for mm-hmm. that. You, you know, like, you know, Slow Train Coming, the big gospel album mm-hmm. from 79 or 78 or something. Um, musically, I think that's like maybe his best album. You really? Know? Like and you know musically, that album, like the production, you know, having Sly Dunbar and Robbie Shakespeare in the rhythm section, these great dub reggae musicians, Mark Knopfler mm-hmm. being a part of those sessions and stuff like that. Great, great. That's a great band. It was just, you know, not that the Grammys mean anything, but those were his first Grammys mm-hmm. was for that. Best gospel recording, Bob mm-hmm. Dylan. Mm-hmm. That could you be know? a good trivia question. Yeah. It's like, what's his first Grammy for, you know? Yeah, for sure. I don't yeah. think anyone would guess it's for that. But yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's explored a lot of different kinds of music too, obviously, you know? Right. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Like the country melody melodies of like Nashville Skyline and John Wesley Harding mm-hmm. and then you know, plugging in, playing acoustic, and then going back to some of those things like the late '80s albums that he did, down, um, down in the groove, and "Good as I Been to You" or "Good as I Been to You" and "World Gone Wrong," mm-hmm. with their like, which are just him and a guitar, and he's playing like these old folk songs, you know, maybe to kind mm-hmm. of rediscover himself right. almost, yeah. you know. Yeah, we were listening to Shot of Love nice. the other day on our on our drive home from then, and that song is catchy. And yeah. 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 I think, yeah, the, the Christian years get kind of dismissed. For sure. But, but there's Me, some great stuff on those albums. Yeah. yeah. The, I think so. The first song he played at that show was, I think, Are You Ready? Which is from his album Saved. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't heard that song before. I didn't know Saved. That's That was his second gospel album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a great song. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just really driving, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Still a weird era. I still don't quite get yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's just funny quite... that that happened. <laughs> but the albums, you know, pretty yeah. solid. Yeah, that's also like, you know, that's definitely like an era where people are like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. That was almost my first answer for when I would have wanted to see him live. Yeah. 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 That would have been certainly an interesting uh-huh. era to see him. Mm-hmm. And he did a lot of engaging with the audience because mm-hmm. he would do a lot of preaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So weird. I mean, I was like thinking about that the other day, though, because this was like late 70s, early 80s that he yeah. had this Christian, brief Christian awakening and it was like at the height of this like total like evangelical you know movement in the united states like this very conservative like backlash to like you know 60s and 70s era like oh sure progress that dylan was very much a part of and then he becomes this kind of like almost evangelical christian for a couple years and is very much a part of this almost like reaganite like conservative like impulse and it's just so interesting to see that like I mean, I don't actually know his, you know, if, if, if his politics were that conservative right. at the time. But it's kind of interesting to just see how, again, he just, like, traces America. Yeah. Like, he just, like, all these different, like, 
incarnations of the American identity, he's going to be there. So early yeah. 80s, he's going to be this evangelical guy preaching to oh, the shit. fucking audience. <laughs> it's blowing my mind. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, um, people, you know, that came as a huge shock to everybody and all this stuff, but I feel like he'd also had, like, a lot of biblical imagery throughout his songs. There's, like, a lyric I heard today I feel like I'd never heard before. I was listening to like this mono version of Highway 61 and it got to Desolation Row and there's this one part where he sings like something about Noah's rainbow. Mm-hmm. That's a crazy line. Yeah. Like, because everybody knows what that means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. He's always been using the Bible as a source. Yeah. And obviously he, you know, grew up Jewish, so he <laughs> yeah. has a probably a familiarity with the old testament and so religion spirituality i'm sure mm-hmm. always been a part of his life and he's always been a seeker so if you're going to be generous about you know mm-hmm. yeah his sudden change his sudden conversion then it actually makes sense it's not all that shocking yeah it's just like an evolution and then i think he you know i think went to israel in the 80s at some point there's like a picture of him at the wailing wall um so he definitely like re re explored maybe like how he had grown up and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll never quite pin him down. That's the great thing about him. You can talk about him. You can write. Yeah. Book after book after book, but. Yeah, I think it's like he's one of those artists who like people who have an appreciation for him have like a unique personal relationship with him mm-hmm. they have like a way they got into him you know hopefully mm-hmm. a way they've approached him mm-hmm. maybe an era of an upset obsession mm-hmm. maybe eras of being disappointed in like any given aspect totally yeah but still going back to him mm-hmm. and it's his 80th <laughs> birthday and there's yeah. all this you know, it was like a New York Times story today. Nice. It's like he's still, he's 80. And 80. people are still finding new things to say about him. I think the New right. York Times headline was Bob Dylan's unappreciated humor. Wow. People are coming to see like, oh, he's actually really funny Oh, in his yeah, songs. totally. Um, that's so, so people funny. are still discovering new things about him. And mm-hmm. that's what makes him so great. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we wrap it up? Yeah, so... I think Ari and I are going to play a song oh, if, you're, if you're interested true. in that kind of thing. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true.